0: Hi, and welcome to the Biba Frequency Podcast. My name is Biba, and I'm your host. Today on Conversations with Consciousness, I'm speaking with a very unique man named Daniel. Daniel is a spiritually awakened being on the planet who is here to deliver information in a cohesive and coherent manner. As you listen to this interview, you will be aware of the information that Daniel is receiving and giving is high vibrational information and high dimensional information you know the reason why i'm doing this podcast is because we're going through the great ascension and many people are having spiritual awakenings and some people have been having them for years and some people are only beginning to have their awakening now daniel is somebody who's had a spiritual awakening a long time ago and since then, he's been able to gather information about us, where we're from, what we're doing, what's going on here, how to navigate this place. And he has a very, very beautiful, loving, kind, humble manner. So I thank Daniel for his time, and I thank him for his wisdom, and I thank you for his service. Sit back, enjoy, and allow your mind to just expand.
1: Hey, Biba, how are you? Thanks for having me.
2: Yeah, it's exciting. I'm excited to talk to you because you're very unique and you have a very unique mind. And so I'm really looking forward to what you're going to teach us today and what you're going to help us remember about what we are and what this place is or what this place isn't.
1: Yeah, it's amazing world. Uh, it's a what I think this journey is very personal for everybody. But what I've kind of come across in my own journey has been. Just staggering from where I thought everything would be like, you know, Um, growing up as a kid, what I thought the world was is completely different to what it is now. And my goals are different. But all of it has been great. It's all life experience. And that's, it's, it's the soul's experience and the soul's journey. And that's amazing. Like, And I wouldn't take anything back and especially having kind of having expanded my understanding and knowledge of everything just shows me that I really did take the exact path I should have taken at the exact time that I should have taken it so it's just everything happens exactly as it needs to when it needs to
2: there's a beautiful level of acceptance in what you just said there about what is
1: yeah yeah Yeah. and and I just I've learned to trust over the years this exactness this sort of harmony of you know you know nobody is a victim of their circumstances and i think i've come to learn that as time has gone by and it's not to say good things happen bad things happen but what's very empowering is understanding that it's it's you are the creator you are the writer and the author of your destiny and as soon as you go into victimhood you stop really get taking your power and and that that can be a big issue i think but i've come to terms with that big time i've come i really just I just love being me and just being able to know that I have the reins. Like I am I think I see a lot of people in what I would say, like I compare it to a car. It's you're in automatic pilot or you're in manual mode and automatic pilot would be, you know, you're going through the stages, do this at this age, you do that at the other age. And there's nothing wrong with doing these things. It's just consciously doing it, knowing that what am I doing today? What am I actively doing today? Am I reacting or am I acting what am I doing? Is it just reacting to stimuli every day and hoping the day goes well, rolling the dice? Or am I saying, no, I can take charge of this. And I, cause I'm literally shaping my reality every day, like a force field. It's like, it's incredible. you know.
2: It's just so good to hear another being say that, reflecting back to me, because that's exactly how I am creating my own reality in every moment. Yeah. How, let's get a bit of groundwork on you. Tell us a little bit about How would you describe yourself, actually, is probably a good question.
1: I would describe myself as honest, interested and excited (laughs) um, about life and what I want to do. And uh, me as a person, I think what I really am is someone who's open to being wrong. I, I love learning new things, but also just what I've realized over the years is that everyone is just trying to do the best that they can with the knowledge that they have. And for me personally, I'm no different, but my interest is so high that I really, the way I'm wired is I really don't want to miss anything as it's coming along the line. I don't want to think that, Oh, I, because of my own ignorance, I didn't learn from somebody on the way through. And that's something that I've always kind of, if you want to call it a fear, it is a fear, but it's more of a motivation to connect with people and to know, because I've been enriched so often when I, really listened to people on the way through and people will tell you they've got a great stories they've got it's happening every day and around them and if you just absorb some of their lessons because we can't really spend we we only have one point of intention right here and now at the moment and it's just like you're getting a life hack you're hacking into other people's understanding and it's really beneficial and you grow exponentially if you know how to listen do you know what i mean
2: Oh, I definitely know what you mean. And as I'm listening to you there, you're what you're describing as a humbling. You're honoring that that life and its own consciousness will talk to you in in a multitude of ways all the time. And you're humble enough to acknowledge that through people and through their experiences that life is trying to talk to you and and teach you and, and shape you and remold you. And you're you're pliable. You become pliable. And that's, I believe, um, Daniel, that when we're pliable, we become super, super charged vessels of light.
1: Yeah. And exactly. You're ever changing because nothing is static in the universe and the world. And from the micro to the macro, nothing is static. But what is, what you can begin to do is trying to formulate a version of yourself that you're happy with that can, can grow and expand on. And because, I think that even if you think you have a, a set of belief systems that are solid it's okay to to actually say no these were wrong I was wrong about these and just update it as it's happening because that's really important because then you're just you're unstoppable in a way because you can no matter how bad you you yeah, things are you can learn and grow from it without having to stay in some sort of rigid thinking that will block you going down the line and you prevent you from from actually learning those extra steps that i was saying about that are that all the lessons that are coming to the line you know what i mean
2: well i do and what you're saying is that we are energy and everything is made of energy and nothing is static so therefore everything is changing so how can i have one thought for my whole life how can i believe in one concept i mean i can believe in it for the moment that that i'm holding the frequency of that concept until something higher or more interesting and exciting comes along and then it's like this fluid dance of wow, hold on a second, maybe there's more to this, or maybe that's actually not real. Or I remember when I learned about, you know, other beings and things like that, and creating our worlds. And I had no, I just didn't want to know that totally conflicted with my concept of God. It was like, no, 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 absolutely. No, no. I got the Nike And I read the origins of the world. And I was pissed off for two whole years, just pissed off. I thought, I'm just can't, it just can't be true. And two years later, I'm now contacting them beings, you know, and it's like, yeah. I, I get it now, but it took a long time.
1: But do you think it was the upbringing of the Catholicism background or potentially of the religious background and getting into, because that kind of shapes your, your belief of everything when you're starting off and that's been, you don't necessarily have a choice when you're younger. And it's been, you're exposed to these ideas. And do you think that it was, it was, it was like detaching from that, like pulling a bandaid off. Was it difficult for that reason to switch and kind of. Do
2: you know what it was? Yes. Yes. That's, that's one level. But the second level is I have this, I have, the, I've had it my whole life, Daniel. I have a connection. I have a relationship with something in the unseen realms. And I would have. Mm. Co- God before, and I would have called it God because of religion, but it's something divine and it's something beautiful and it guides me and teaches me. And maybe it's my higher self. Maybe it's me. Mm. It is me, isn't it? It's like that movie, that beautiful Interstellar movie.
1: Yeah, Interstellar was it?
2: Interstellar. Yeah, I just I love having my mind exploded time and time and time again till I know I'm not a mind.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I need to know there's a couple of things I need to know because you have you're a keeper of knowledge and you're a keeper of wisdom and I know this to yeah. be true because I've had a very interesting conversation with you and you're writing a book Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So begin there Daniel. You're writing a book.
1: Yeah. So to before the reason that I started the book is really a big motive and and um that's maybe we should start with that. <laughs> the reason I really started this this book is because it wasn't intentional to be to do a book because the book kind of just became evident that that was what was needed to happen out of this. What what it was was a more in-depth explore exploration of the paradigms of reality and just being what's true and what isn't and what even determines what is true and what's not. And actually, it started off with the concept of what could the moon landing be real or not? Because I figured, well, is it possible, first of all, that it's not real? And why would, would that be? And then if it is real, then why have we not explored more and done more with what we had from back then? But the bigger thing was the moral side of it was interesting for me. And is it possible, let's say, that the American government, for example, could have lied to everybody in any practical way and for it to work? And if it did, is it OK that maybe, let's say, if they did not go to the moon, they told everybody that they did? If to unify people, would that be a good thing? That was my moral thing. Well, maybe it is a good thing if they everyone got together on this one idea and maybe that maybe it was worth the lie for potentially not going. And so all these things came into my head and then I had the amount of hours of research of just video looking at video footage, interviews of the, of the astronauts speaking afterwards, looking at the physics of it, does it make any sense? And I think what I realized in my discovery, that's really set off the, the concept of what is reality and are we, is it what we think it is? And because if something major can be shifted like that, I mean, whether it's Santa Claus or the tooth fairy or something like large, like the, the, like the the moon landing was, how can we begin to, to actually level this playing field and figure out where's my base level here? Like, where am I in this whole (laughs) dynamic? And I guess what I realized is the more you ask questions, the more you get answers. And when it came to the book, it just was feeding me. It was like driving me to a new level because I think that in hindsight, what I've learned is that the more you ask questions, the more you get answers. If you're asking with an honesty and integrity with it, you're not looking for the answers that you want. And that's a hard thing to do to just try to be as objective as possible and just get answers and whatever they may be, because let them be. But I found that we have so many, um, biases and and like filters to our lens to the world how we see the world that you don't know that the filters are there sometimes and it's really important to actually scale it back well what why do i feel that why do i get triggered or angry by this thought or not that way like why is it that something then someone says something about let's say jesus or someone that you might get triggered because you in your head think that jesus was the was great for people and he was he did all these things but it's only just belief systems and if you can somehow what I've learned from this journey with with knowledge is detach from as much of those if you're reacting in a highly charged and emotional way to anything that you've been told you still don't have enough power over yourself yet and that means that you haven't been able to take stock of what is inside you because it's involuntarily coming out and presenting itself in an argument or with somebody potentially or, or knowledge that something that knowledge is coming in front of you. It's like that thing. What really t- t- kind of slaps me on the wrist. If I am like that is that feeling of, well, you're going to miss out on something because of your own ignorance. And I am able to school myself that way and always push on and humble myself by not letting my ego get out of control, you know? And I, and I do see that why the ego does it. It makes sense. It's trying to form its own, construct at every moment and it tries to create a safe space but actually that's okay but you can let that go and bring it to the side to allow information in because the busier your head is and your assertions are the less that can come in there's an old phrase that said something like if you're talking you're saying what you already know but when you listen you might learn something you know like and there is there is truth to that and i spent so many years on the listening end and i finally i was hesitant to even begin to be a someone who spoke I was just learning about it, and I only kind of found, that, let's say, the confidence to start speaking about it when it became so apparent that the message was so clear <laughs> that not speaking would be, actually be doing a disservice to me and other people. So that was my moral conflict. It was like I didn't necessarily want. I my mind's been blown so many times in this journey that it would make no difference having not said it to another person, and my I would die a happy person, like, knowing that 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 information has come, like you know.
2: you would die a happy person knowing that you can never die continue
1: yeah well there is well that's a different topic altogether yeah exactly that though yeah so
2: the moon tell us what, what so the moon led you to this knowledge tell us about this you have got this knowledge and i only accessed a tiny portion of what you know in a very short conversation and it was like It was food for my soul because you were articulating my experiences, which is extremely unusual. And so you have all this knowledge. And how did it start coming in? When did you notice that? You noticed the investigation with the moon and you started asking questions. You started asking the right questions from the right place and more was being revealed. What more was being revealed to you?
1: Well, it was incremental because the way it works is that you it's not like you open the door and all of it comes flooding in but what it is is you become more frequency congruent with certain aspects of that information and you become like a detective, an investigator of uh, uh, segmentally of different bits of information that come to you at that point. But if you're not open enough to allow whatever comes in to be the case, you will block yourself before you even get a chance to get momentum on that. And you'll wonder why you're not getting any more information. So it's kind of, yeah, I think it's,
2: you clearly didn't do that you opened yourself up as a channel
1: yeah and i was just like listen whatever happens happens and and i'm i'm gonna just head for it like and i spent nights and days like without sleeping because i was so interested and let's say obsessed maybe because you get a lot of junk information in as well as as good information and it's trying to process that you're just like a computer trying to figure out what is the bull and what's the good stuff and what makes something more credible than others within that and some things that should be ridiculous and not true seem to be, and then some things that are seem to be, they should be true and are simple are not. And so your paradigm gets thrown all over the place. If you, when you're trying to investigate it in that way, you know,
2: it's disorientating, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it is at the start. And that, I think that's the skill of it. And that's where it becomes very difficult.
2: So let me ask you a little bit about. I'm going to bring some focus into this book because you're not getting away with not telling me a lot of what's in this book. I need people to know what you're actually keeping in that um, vehicle that's walking around Dublin, right? What's going yeah. on? What do you know that we 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 need to know?
1: That's a great question. It's to the point, and I like that actually because what it is is number one, the number one thing, and there is a, a, maybe an order of this, but to summarize everything and put into words is that. The only thing that limits you is the belief that you're limited. And to elaborate on that, there's a lot of complicated reasons as to why that is. But the absolute simple truth of it, the most expanded truth that I have been able to see is that that it's only our belief systems and perceptions that are limiting us and the physics of the world around us. That's the That's the fundamental of it. And that people can do amazing things if they get out of their own way in terms of ego but also know themselves better knowing yourself is knowing if you want to call it god or the source as it's often referred to as um the problem with the god idea is that there's a very religious connotation and connotation and that can be uh, damaging to some people and how they're it actually can create a block for people learning like i said to you (laughs) It's like you, you can get triggered unless you keep doing work on yourself. You get triggered by the likes of even the word "God." Could it trigger someone who's supposed to be a science person, and then a science person? You know, there's all these things, and and what's interesting about it is, is and another thing I've learned is that there's no difference between science and spirituality and art and music and the only thing that we've done is we've categorized them in segments to try and understand them but we've also created as a result of creating those labels we've we've inhibited ourselves because we almost say that they they belong in a certain section well the music thing is this so that's whatever and then you know when well, you do art that's one thing an expression fine and then you you you're studying something under a microscope about like microbiology and that's another thing but you find that the more you dig deep is that everything is is all of them together and that everything the way that you, if you remember ever see like read the likes of poetry like like shakespeare they always mirror the weather cycles with the anger and emotion like say if it's a thunderstorm it'll be the the turmoil inside there of themselves during their the frustration that they're feeling at that moment and there's just there's this blood this lovely sort of parallel always happening and it's people call it like it's like nice and poetic they think or it's but there's a very specific reason that those And thoughts were brought into existence that you can match your mood with things like the weather or that's only one example but you know the parallels that happen like because everything is connected in those ways all we're doing is just making a tiny observation of the link when we make when we do those and it comes across as beautiful because it is but because we've noted it and that's what being a deep thinker I guess would be is that ability to observe those comparisons and that and utilize the create, utilize that understanding but yeah it's it's to, let's just I'll just scale it back a small bit but what it's just there's a thing expression called i think they they say as as above so below that really encapsulates more than i even thought it did when i was reading that at the early days um you can compare it to everything uh, being from the cellular the smallest things in your body at a cellular level the processes to the the massive changes in the in the the universe of the galaxies and how they work. Um, because the more you do expand in that understanding, you do see that they are like that. And it's not only that; it's that I think that particular comment w- that that statement was made with the in reference to consciousness in general, and that consciousness what affects us. And this is it's like the butterfly effect. What affects you? Your con- what if you're going through some emotional things? You're going to get, you're going to likely attract through the law of mirrors things that are of that nature at that exact moment because everything is ever changing and um, malleable in terms of your own your DNA, your conscious attention, everything, and they're all working not independently. All they're all working together in a perfect order and in a flawless order. I would say I've lo- I've kind of come to learn that there's. There's not chaos. There's just lack of understanding of the complexity, and we just put it down to randomness and chaos, things that happen. And I just think that's naive, and it's, it's a bit ignorant to say that we know it so well that that oh those things are just silly things, like things, the massive things that happen in the universe that so we're like oh they're just random. Don't worry about it kind of thing. But that's that's crazy. That logic will tell you that that's not possible because if you look at everything that everything that's so exact and beautiful in nature on the more smaller level, we see that there's harmony, but I see people judging, for example, the wildlife and how creatures are and how the the pecking order of, you know, how they kill each other and they suffer animals, their parents suffering that we see within, you know, on a nature program, even, or one of those shows yeah. you can see. And we we do feel for these animals but they are consciousness too. And they're working within a, um, an exact framework. And some we, some of it you could call is um, instinct, but instinct is too broad a term. And some of it is is they're driven differently to us, but they are us. Mm-hmm. So they're just at a different stage. And I wouldn't say that animals are less evolved actually, because you can't, I would say just to cl- kind of clarify all that is that the source is all of us and we are it. And Nothing can be animated without that power, that under that, that source signaling. And that we may think wrongfully that some animal is, is more advanced than another because it can do things that are advantageous to it over another at that moment. But all that everything is, and this will bring me back to the very beginning is that it's just ideas. And what do you feel about this? What do you feel about that? And that starts shaping your soul on who you are. And I think that I think that we've got this unfortunate attitude that has developed of competition and that I'm better than you or you're better than me because you did this, this and this. Maybe whether it's academic or whether it's physicality, how you look, what you do, what you know, how you conduct yourself. And I did notice that when you drop that away, that doesn't become an issue when you're not being trying to be competitive with everybody and everything isn't so dualistic. Your ability to perceive becomes way heightened. And that's a huge, huge benefit, I think, actually.
2: If I drop my comparisons and my, how can I compare myself to another when I'm in all things?
1: Yes. And you're no less or more. It's, it, you're exactly the source, just like I am, experiencing itself in a different expression. And that's all it is. It's, it, you can't judge that either way. It's just, it just is what it is. And that's why it's just amazing when you can strip all that competition away from it and just see that that's, you see the beauty in the simplest things then more you simplify it. And when someone's telling you something, in, in, and even how they tell you, it's just beautiful to listen to it because you can see that they're giving you the best description of from their source perspective in that individual. And it's just incredible to see because I may have assertions on what I think their perspective might be, but I've, I'm already wrong because everybody is unique in the exact way that they are. And that's what's so amazing is that I, and I don't have the time to be everybody. <laughs> well i now i don't in this lifetime that's so i just feel that it's it's okay to to absorb as much as you can well what feels that good and will serve you i think and you don't need to learn from everybody's lessons i think a lot of people think that oh i need to feel pain and suffering to actually you know to benefit from some life experience and it's not that the pain is suffering it just happens to be a fast track to learning quicker because most souls want to actually, they haven't felt enough pain yet. That's why they repeat the cycles that they go through to really know. It's like going to a PhD. You need to know the PhD before you move on to the next thing. The you know, And I think what I would say is I, I have found I'm able to learn from people from their experience without having to go through the trauma of what they went through as best as they I can. I, I think maybe you call that empathy. Actually, that makes sense. You would call it empathy maybe, but I'd feel that it's not necessary that I suffer like rape or something terrible to actually learn that it's not a good thing and and the deep lessons of what that person must have felt about the control issue and, you know, all those things. You don't need to go through that. Hearing someone's direct account is very powerful, I think, if you know how to listen and absorb it.
2: And if you're willing to learn and you're open, you're an open vessel, Yeah. you that's very nice what you just said there and i actually was walking in the park the other day and i was i was aware i was actually just a frequency i wasn't wasn't even a body i wasn't even anything i was just i could see it i could feel i was a frequency so i could tune into whatever i wanted to because i was at frequency which is all frequencies and whatever i was thinking about is what i was vibrating at and so i was very aware that i was consciously thinking very good thoughts and i was beginning to feel I was so high on love, right, that I had to I had to meditate to come down.
1: Wow! <laughs>
2: it, I reversed it, you know. I had to meditate to come down because I was so high on love, and I wasn't on anything. I was just high on love. I know,
1: I know. And that's a really interesting feeling you have because if I was to try and explain to someone who had no understanding of the the metaphysics or anything else, I think my sister's kid asked her mom what what God was, God real or what what is he? How do you know? what if God is real and it's a lovely question and having gone through what I've gone through I now can kind of describe it as best as I can God is the feeling you get when you are when you are very when you are happy when you are cont- happy with yourself but it's not even that you there's an actual physical feeling you get like you're that bliss feeling and what it is is the best way I can describe it is in something that most people may have experienced is when they listen to a song that they they harmonize with and they and they, it's like their cells crystallize and they everything in their body and like the hair stand up because you and i what you're you're allowing that feeling of joy and happiness and understanding of that moment of the music to to go through you and i say allow because all it is is it's always there that feeling eternally but we don't allow it in we block it and another way of describing that is if you see if you're singing something in the car and you're loving that moment and you're singing and it's lovely day out and you look over and there's somebody looking at you, you can, you, you get, Oh, you get a fright that you forgot for a second that you were in the place where there's people are and they could judge you. And then instantly that, that lovely feeling starts washing away. And that's not, and that's just a good example of how we block ourselves. And we do do that regularly. And but the opposite is true is to go back to that God question is, what I realize is that energy is will stay longer, and your ability to hold that feeling will last longer in every and any situation. Once you know yourself better, and, and that's, that's a good me- that's a good metric to figure out where you're at, it, no matter where your experiences are. If you can get, if you can achieve that state, that feeling for yourself more and access it more, uh, more readily, then you've really done a lot of work on yourself to not allow the chains of your past or your, your guilt your fear your doubt your judgment all those things to let them just wash away and you've done enough work on yourself to first of all you, you need to like a shadow work to see the stuff if they're well, what, what what is carrying what chains are you carrying around with you and if you know that you have these issues it's okay to bring them to light and to let them go and but the, the hardest thing is when you don't know they're they're, they're following you these issues and that's what that's but what is obvious at that point is that your outer world will mirror those it will give you an exact reflection of the best parts and the worst parts of you and the limitations that you're imposing on yourself it's like you're programming it's like a computer program you're literally programming the game you're about to play that day by the how you are now and i think that you can take you can to really strip it back is to to drop judgment as much as you can to just experience listen more to what people have to say there's there's a few things you could do if you had to do a list of things that would help you get into a space where you can begin to really pursue this journey of just knowing yourself because knowing yourself is knowing everything because every you are the everything (laughs) so that's why people say that i guess you know
2: I'm going to just share briefly what happened today. I went to the park and I was doing a Joe Dispenza walking meditation. And in the second half of this meditation, he says, "Close your eyes and go into the chamber of your sixth center, which is your pineal gland." Right. So sometimes it's hard to visualize those things, but I got I got in today. It was there. Mm. I have to look, it just showed. And I was in this spherical room. It was circular. And in the middle of this room was a was an anti gravity table. And above the table was a ball of liquid light, like metal. And it was hovering over this anti-gravity table. And it was projecting all of my life onto the wall in like a circle. Do you know when you're a kid, they had those Mm. lights that would go around and the horses would go around? And it was like the penal gland is a projector for your thoughts. Mm. And I was shown that my thought, so if I'm thinking about lack I'm going to project that onto this into this 3D space and time, and I'm going to experience that. If, yes. I, if I'm thinking about love, I'm going to project that frequency into this space, and I will attract that. And I was just shown it in such a magical way because I'm about setting intentions. My intention for today is have an awesome day and be just. Mm. Surrounded by abundance of all things higher vibrational but i was like this is so much more than an intention this is actually very very focused thoughts very focused thoughts that i will only <clears throat> love today in in all from nature from people from myself love towards myself towards others and that's why meditation is so important otherwise where would i get that information from how do you get your information
1: that's really interesting yeah it's, yeah, it's, you see, I think I don't know how it's how it is to not be me, but what I do know is that I've been so interested in this journey for a long time. I would say definitely fifteen years. Uh, but I've all my life I've always had a curiosity and uh, left the, the the door open for what is the what is your spiritual thing. But what it is is that I, I actually, being honest, don't meditate much, very little, and I do some the odd time. Because I'm sort of in a state where I'm in that mostly, and <laughs> um, yeah. what I, and what I mean by that is, it's not that I was born that way. It's not. I'm not. I definitely wasn't. It was that I worked on my personality and who I am, and trying to strip back for quite a long time and listen to so many people, as I said over the years, that I it became. I was able to just to, to prevent things blocking my understanding, and that became a meditative state o- regularly. Then where I was just the channel to allow information in and out and whatever I needed to absorb for that was important to me that I thought would help, which just came quite effortlessly so that those moments of understanding. And so it wasn't that I needed to sit down in a, in a vertical position to try and to allow that to happen. I was always trying tuning into that or phasing in and out of that. Mm. And I think maybe that, and I'm not, and I think that meditation's great. It's something got to do with, I really do believe in it, but I, I just find that has been my method. And even when I'm a physical therapist but I when I'm working with people my brain goes into this theta state I know now I know when I'm doing my optimum work that's the state you are just before you sleep that moment just before you were not off to sleep it's almost like I feel like a tired like a nausea feeling in my head when it's happening like as if I've done I've had I didn't get to sleep till six in the morning kind of feeling that could mm-hmm. just goes over you and you're trying and you're in that state but I also realize if you I can hold that state and then when I'm thinking about what I got have to do with the 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 person the body that I'm working with it reacts very quickly to my thoughts and my intentions at that moment when I'm in that state so So, when
2: when that state it becomes apparent to you because it's always there but it becomes apparent to you what happens between you and the body that's there looking to for help what's happening uh, there?
1: what happens is I look I scan what I see in front of me like a like do a 3d scan of the whole entire body and i can just and i focus on the their breathing and i can first of all i know the every the muscles of the body all the muscles so i actually know what i'm looking at and the bones and everything how it should look underneath based on the movement pattern of that individual so and they're moving i can see like almost like an x-ray the energy channels how our energies flying through the body at that moment through the muscular system particularly and that, that's if they're moving when I'm doing an assessment, for example. But if they're lying down and I don't know that, I uh, haven't really seen that part, I focus on the I can just see that the body's out of position and where it is by looking at how, even how it's at rest. So I'm able to go to the area. I scan the area to figure, to get like an avatar of what the person might be. And in my head, I'm able to pick apart the area that is the problem, isolate it. And when I'm near that area, then when I go to with my hand cl- to it, I send the signal to the area going to the spinal cord and back to the area to, to to, as if it has healed already. And it catches up then with what I've done.
2: So like you're an alchemist really, aren't
1: you? Yeah, well, 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 I guess I would compare it as, yeah, in a sense, but I would think of it more in in terms of frequencies. I'm able to send the right tune, like it's tuning. I'm able to send the right frequency to the body for it to catch up with what it should be, what it it, it should have been. And another thing that can, it's almost convincing the body through, it's like a telepathic communication. You can, I, there's times I've been able to talk to the individual as if I was talking to their head, let's say, but you don't even need to talk, address the head when you're in your head, when you're on, when you're speaking to them, you're you can just address the the whole body as a unit because the body isn't separate. Even though we have parts to us, the more you learn about the body, you realize every, everything is linked at every level. That's a perfect example of how the universe is. Like I said to you, as above, so below, it's the, same thing when you're addressing the body you are non-invasively communicating with it at a subtle level and they pick up on it so it whether that's you can send a message to the body like this area is not not not, not sore anymore this is not painful anymore or that this you can relax the whole leg and into the spine and now and into your head and if even just getting that thought process to that person They'll have a more tense body and then they'll you'll just see it dropping at that exact moment. So it's there's no doubt in my mind that that telepathic connection is there because I've seen it, I've done it many times over so much that it's it would be ignorant to deny it. It was like how much proof does someone need? And I'm that type that is quite skeptical. So it's it's a contradiction in a way. I'm like, no, no, that can't be, even though it's so much there all the time. And the only reason it doesn't work on a day is when I'm not in my headspace, I'm not allowing to work, I'm getting in my own way with either thoughts about anything else or distractions. If I'm just in that zone, it's it's a powerful session like it. And even at the subtle levels, you know, it's it's not always major, you know, muscles that have been released, it can be just energetic levels where the person's uh, is just calm. And I actually had my sister in and she was going through some emotional stuff. And after it, what she really needed was that, that release of more emotion and, the, and that subtle energetic level. And it worked and she felt way better after it, having gone in with something apparently different. And I think what's important when you're working with somebody is to it's again, it's the same things. Are you listening to what they're actually telling you? They were because they can tell you, you know, I hurt my ankle rolled over and it lasted uh, three weeks ago. It's been really sore, sharp pain in the outs of the ankle. And you go you then you see that their body language is very twitchy generally they're like nervous they're always switching sides now i'm reading many things at that point i'm reading the energy of the person are they anxious to see me are they happy that i'm they're finally got someone here do they trust me do they not is their body language moving a lot and all those things in a second you're you're taking in to try and to figure out and sometimes the best thing to do is say nothing and let them speak what they their mind and When you're a practitioner, someone, someone trusts, they, they see you as in a role where I've had treatments where people have just talked and that was the treatment. And I didn't necessarily have to say much. They just knew I was someone who was genuinely concerned and wanted to hear that sometimes is enough of a treatment for people. Now, not often, I still do physical work obviously, but what I find interesting is that if you listen, the messages, listen to the people, really listen to them and that you'll get the answers. And that, that really goes for everything that I've, that's how I've learned everything I have is by really listening, active listening, not I tell me something and I'm going to tell you something straight after. And that's the big issue is when, if you can silence that voice that our heart has already come up with the next sentence, then you've great. It's, it's golden. Then you're a living, then you're really free. Actually. I consider that to be free. You freed your mind, you know,
2: and you're present as well. I'm not thinking about what I'm going to say next. I'm just listening. Yeah. You, you have a great understanding of, and the angelic realms and the Elohim. Can you talk Tell me a little bit about that because it's quite relatable to people. A lot of your stuff's way out there, but the Elohim's quite relatable. <laughs> what do you know about them? About that?
1: So the Elohim from the Bible. Um. So we're getting into frequencies again. We're, so we're we're talking about we're actually talking about star frequencies, and to know what a star frequency is is just energy, I guess. But what a what a star is 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 not really understood and to kind of before you even answered the question of the star and the Elohim you need to go back to consciousness in general and expansion or contraction of consciousness because the best thing to to kind of give this context is to say that the soul if it wants anything is to experience number one and learn from the experience and as a result of that to return to the source signal at the source level though because we're all at various levels of understanding and all that journey is is expanding your understanding and you take all to expand your consciousness means that you're taking in more data actually stimuli and information and if you're really learning you're understanding what you're taking in you're you're taking in and, and computing it not just just taking in callously the this information. It's not that way. It's interpreting it and and putting an emotional charge to it. And that information. And that's all that separates that's what the soul wants is to, in my view, is to grow and become non-local. You want to become non-local ultimately. The locality meaning you're you're fixed in a body and you with a parent limitation, not real limitation. It's just a conscious attention in one section. And really what the soul wants is to, to it can be in many places at one time. You're so, you're, but what's, that, what's the, the question then brings up is, well, what's the difference between you and me? What, where does one person start and another one begin, or one soul? And the answer to that would be the collection of ideas that that person holds creates a, a frequency signature that's unique to you. Now you can have people that are very similar and and everything in the physical that you see in your body has been a manifestation of something that was non-physical at a soul level or etheric level, if you want to call it that. So to answer that, I'm kind of going a longer about, way about it, but because it's really important to get the fundamentals of, well, what, how, how, what separates everybody? And all it is, is that you could say a difference of opinions. That's a very basic version of it, but it's more than that. It's what you prioritize is important and all the things that you've learned in your life, your live lives create a frequency. And that frequency is very, everything in the universe is just like a radio station, a radio signal, like a radio in its own right. So you can turn the frequencies up or down or different wavelengths, bandwidths. Mm-hmm. And all, your soul could is the collection of experiences it had, and that has placed you in a bandwidth at that moment that Is where you should be. That's why you should be. You're only ever exactly where you should be because you can ask questions of stuff that you don't know about. And the reason you don't know about those other questions is because you're you're out of that bandwidth. You're not in that range yet. And when the soul, what their soul really wants is to expand enough that it it knows all the questions and the answers, I guess. But the good questions are better than answers almost (laughs) because it shows that the person's brain can think about and interpret enough expansion to ask questions in that manner you know um yeah,
2: I'm loving this let's come go, go keep going because I'm I'm really enjoying what you're saying about it. you can only relate to what you're charged at to what you're resonating at so we're going back to the angels
1: so going back to them and the, what, the thing about that is that their angels are just in a frequency a different density you would say a density not which is a collection of frequencies that make up a person could be considered a density a density is like a, it has different meanings in scientific terms where you would say if something is dense, it's more matter, we would think in it. It's it's a, But so you could still use that sort of as an idea. But so something that is a high is, but it's a bit different because something that is a high density, you, you can use numerical values to describe that. It's the only way, even though it would be inaccurate because everything is just different uh, frequencies that are overlaying each other. Everything is together, all together, one time. There's no time, and everything is together in one energy. So what we do is, because of our perception of range that we're in from now, we try to numerically value them, one, two, three. So just to kind of make it simple, we would be considered in third density now, which means third density experience means it's the collection, your bandwidth, that captures the physicality and not much more. That would be considered third density. Everything you can see, touch, feel all your senses are would be in third density but when you start going up the densities another way of saying it is increasing your frequency and and they're very much that's really important your frequency is just more bandwidth you've got more bandwidth more information more data coming in you go to fourth density now you can start capturing so-called angels or etheric beings that stuff that shouldn't really exist according to our science they are now beginning to be possible to be viewed and understood or felt at a, at a more sensory level, and then when you're going up to the fifth density, you're getting, now you're getting into the angel angelic realm. Um, because you see where we're living on the earth, the earthly realm is is a unique one, the only planet in the whole universe, as far as we know, that is in a third density, which is quite a low density. Everything else is in fifth density. So at a at a very minimum, the universe is giving out this signature, this which creates a default of this frequency around the universe. We are in a in a superimposed third density, I would say. If anything, um, and a, a sort of an unnatural density where everything is heavy and everything is physical. That would would so to get to go to the angelic side of things. The end. There's no separation with them and us. And when you're in that fifth density, which they are in and they can be above that too but most of them are the fifth density that we would know the archangels and that is that they would they the reason they they find it harder to communicate with us is because we don't allow the rest of the bandwidth to uh, to increase our bandwidth enough to access who they are what they are so people just think they don't exist they couldn't exist yeah when some you know when when something potentially happens when they're in hospital they're sick they're all about it. They're like, oh, my angels are beside me there. I, I swear I saw something. And at the moments where sometimes people do actually see these incredible beings is because they've allowed, they've blocked, they've stopped the block happening temporarily of their, because of their belief systems. They've allowed the channel open up enough to actually see something. It's not that it's never they're, they're always there. It's never that it's, they're never, they're not there. And, you know, they go and come and go there's always that realm happening because there's an infinite amount of beings that are not being angelic that are living in our space right now. But you only have access to the ones that you have enough of a perceptual awareness of.
2: So let's talk about your perceptual awareness. What are you sensing, perceiving, picking up and talking to and communicating with? What density are you at? It's
1: a good question. So I think I modulate between, I go through de- different densities, but the thing about it is you can't unknow what you know. I mean, which is a good thing, I think. That's what expansion would be. But I think my own perception of things is that I have, I like, experienced some some weird things, if you want to call it that. But I'm sort of quite being. I would be considered maybe the fourth to fifth density. But the problem with it is, is this: that doesn't mean you're invisible. It doesn't mean you're not in the physical spectrum. That's an an assumption because things, as I said, are are constantly changing. And, and we're using numerical values to describe things that are way more complex in, in the, the amount of energy that is involved to change how you look. <laughs> I guess, what would be the question though? What, what, like- here's,
2: que- here's the question. Imagine we're all um, on a higher density and you don't have to explain yourself to somebody who's on the third density. What are you experiencing at the density and the frequency you're vibrating at that you can share with me? What are you experiencing? What is a kind of what's it like being you
1: well you see you see things as they are not as you've been told they might be and it, it, it's like an un, it's like you're taking a lens away a filter a falsified filter away like in those eye tests you know like the lens you take another one away It it, it is a bit that and it, it becomes so evident and unshakable the truth becomes obvious that this is what it is this is something that this is what it is whether that's the beauty of like a bee landing on a flower and how it how it operates and you start realizing the interconnectedness of everything for what it is and you feel it it's not just an academic understanding it can be but it's way more than that it's a sensory feeling and your body reacts according to it and you can send you start sensing the energies in different rooms and to some level you can see certain shadows and figures if you tune into it and allow it to be a part of your your perceptual awareness, but all of it is is allowing it. And but I feel that I I've just focused my own self on being the person I want to be, and that that includes being as good as I can be in the way I feel is the man I want to be, and that is protecting me against maybe things that weren't are not good, and that's how it really works. Is that you can when it comes, you've always heard those things. Oh, you know, don't drop to their level when you're in an argument or a fight. And that's, that can be quite true. When it's when someone means you harm, if you try to, you can understand them very well, which I definitely do. Understanding them dissolves any frustration and anger because you just get what they are about and that they're doing the best they have with, with the perceptional awareness that they have. And that's why they're reacting in the way they are with you.
2: Counsels, you know about counsels, don't you? Am I going in here into the depths of your chambers? your private
1: chambers
2: i like private chambers where so where are you now like what's your latest epiphany been or your latest what's just like exploded your new paradigm
1: so at the moment i'm going to i'm just going to research especially about the heart and dna formation and how the body has a plasma imploding system where it creates a zero point energy in your own body, like an energetic Taurus does. And the way the heart coherence works is that the, the everything is electromagnetic activity. And that's what I'm really, really kind of is blowing my mind lately is that that is the, you are effectively like a black hole because of this pat, pattern. And what can now be measured in a scientific sense is these rhythms and how there's the Planck ratio it, it, um is is a number that is very congruent with this imploding mm. system where free, if you were to measure it, you can see the frequency lines, the waves. It's a longitudinal axis of frequencies that waves around itself and, and loops on itself, and that creates, for example, the double helix, that twisting effect, but it also is how the rhythms of the heart work even the heart itself is in sections and what the heart does and the muscles squeeze one sheet of it squeezes this squeezes this way that squeezes that way and together it's one contraction and it works in quite a similar way that those that the frequencies work and the layering of that. but ultimately what's so fascinating about that and the biggest this is a huge thing to know is that that is how you create a zero point energy reactor which is basically what Tesla created and you see it in the movie iron man it's based on the same principles of how it's when you have electromagnetic activity 180 degrees depolarized by 180 degrees different phases a plus and a minus what you have is a, a charge differential of 180 which creates a it creates a zero point energy which means that's the same pattern that happens in your own dna and your and your own the way the heart works to create that imploding and i say imploding so it's going inwards both sides so um and that creates a self sustaining energy that can continue and that's would be what you would call the source if anything that signal would be your source signal that's you unique to you and that's the same for the sun the earth your body everything that exists has to be based on that that signature which would you call the source signal and then what you have is ideas on top of that that maintain the the helix. This this the way the DNA forms. There's nothing solid. There's no solid matter in anything. Even that's not solid. And when we see them in pictures, it's only a tiny snapshot of something that's uh, always changing. And it wouldn't be accurate. Two two snapshots beside each other wouldn't be accurate of the same DNA because it's that's how much it changes that quickly. It's always different and always new. And what is similar and you can read is you could extract parts of the dna if you had the technology and take sections of your life and read it out like a story and each part of the dna can be so sub- can be picked apart and shown that what forms the dna is, at that moment is the perceptual awareness you had at that time if whether it's a trauma or something great but not everything gets recorded into it it's like only the things that matter to the so- this the signal or to your consciousness will will be put into that dna as memory Wow. So people who suffer from like Alzheimer's and and issues, they're, they're proteins in the brain and, and and they're stuck like a webbing almost. And all that's doing is inhibiting neural connections and the firing of the neurons, which is a physical thing. That consciousness is not stupid or can't do it. It's just the, the, re, the signal is, is the receiver is failing the signal. The f- receiver is your body. And it's the body is failing, and but the signal is still working perfectly, and there's nothing. There's nothing wrong, or it's perfect. The signal is. It's just that the body is not receiving it well enough. And in, in a lot of cases, you'll find that autistic kids are, are. It's a good example with autistic kids. They are high vibrational people who are trying to transform more data than is available for the body to uh, receive. So then it stumbles and it comes across as, by our metric, ignorantly. It's that it's not, it's stupid or it's not right, or it's not, you know, something's wrong with it. We ignorantly put them in categories that they shouldn't be in. And we're not treating these people well as a court, now their, their loved ones, of course, are, but I'm just saying, and as a everybody, as a collective, should be really looking at it differently, consciousness. And you'll notice that just on that, that music is quite like that, that's, when you have people who are Alzheimer's or, or, or aging, and they and you play the music of something first of all that they like, but something from way back that really it triggers them, and it is that it's but that music that's recorded is a, literally a snapshot of time, and the harmonics of the music are a snapshot of a very complicated section of time because music are harmonics working like everything is that the harmonics of frequencies, but music is a lovely snapshot of. What it does is it mirrors back in a, the feelings and the, the the body's energy, energetic state when it was in when it was listening to that at any time. It doesn't matter when it was when it was in the thirties or forties, and that person's an old person now, or, and they're listening to it. They, your body gets a, an energetic healing of the time it was in when it was in a very healthy state. So it emulates that moment because everything was so perfect. That time signature was so perfect, like it was the recording of that audio piece was exactly as they are that as and that 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 triggered them because they are the source that triggered them to re-reprint that data in themselves it's not so in a sense what i'm trying to say is aging actually is only aging because we agree on those perceptions this is how you should look at this age this is how you should but we would reverse aging if we if our perceptual agreements changed and that's an example of using the music thing, but you can actually, you can actually, and it was done in a study where they had a, had a whole uh, city or town that was exactly like it used to be. Let's say, let's I think it was in the fifties or sixties. And these older people were brought back in as a study to, into this place and everything from the cars, the music, the radio stations, the the people with the newspapers handing them out. And what they found was people started regressing aging. And after only one year Somebody regressed five years. And this was quite not just one off. Everybody was that fairly consistent with their ability to regress. But the most somebody regressed after three years of living there was 25 years. And that means when I say regressed, I mean the body, the skin became more pl- pl- um, firmer. Their bone, their, their postures improved. They were walking with a pet, running again back into their. So, I mean, that's the real implication. And like to really wind that back to what I said at the beginning, that. The only thing that's limiting us is the belief that we're limited, and it's in that exact way that it's amazing that you are the source. So how, why would we even? It's a it's laughable to think if the source can create universe and universes and planets and everything, but it's struggling to make you younger. No, it's not. It's like that's a that's <laughs> that's you deciding. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to agree to these terms. So everything is just so. Sub- so that kind of brings me to another thing about perceptual agreements and we are influenced by everybody's agreements we have an overview of a perceptual agreement for example when you're a baby you can't really learn everything of the physics of this whole world in one lifetime you couldn't it would be too much data to take in so that's one one um reason why you would say you know there's life after death but the perceptual agreements we create everything but we're also subject to other people's creation it's like it can be constructive interference or destructive interference of their frequencies, meaning it kind of averages everything out. It's called called the dominant frequency principle where the highest frequencies will dictate the standard of how society should be. And it it won't go up to the highest frequency because there's people on lower frequencies pulling it the opposite way. And somewhere between is the mix of everybody's energy in one basket. And that is what we call living on the earth, is, is that, is that because people have all agreed to X, Y, and Z terms, it has created an absolute definite uh, solidity to our physics, a, a consistency and a reliable, predictable consistency, because we are being reliable and predictable in our agreement. It's not because that's sub- we're not subject to those laws. In a sense, we have created them as a collective. But as you as an individual, if you are quite a powerful person, you can kind of go into manual mode, like I said, and get out of automatic pilot, and then begin to shape your frequency and your new you're able to create a bubble. That's so powerful around you. That's nothing that even though there's other energies from neighbors and everybody around you that are influencing you, you become way more influenceable than they do, because that's how the dominant frequency principle works is that you're bringing their frequency up just by the nature of you being beside them. You don't even have to say a word. The data is transferred regardless and we're all subject to it. So you might have even had dreams where the neighbors, you actually experienced what the neighbors were thinking. And that's because their energy is influencing you as well. It's not just, and that's what, I, what I've learned to my own thing is I I just do me as much as I can and just keep my focus ahead and expand as much as I can and, and be the best person I want to be. And that is bringing me to a good place and bringing in what I want back, which is exactly what I am. You get what you are, not what you want back so
2: so good it's just so bloody good it's like the meat's on the bone even though i'm a vegetarian
1: yeah 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 yeah
2: i'm not a fish so what really you're discussing there towards the end is when we become pliable and we start creating our own reality and we start slipping away or zooming out of the structures and the agreements and the contracts and the whole dna thing is is really isn't consciousness the more of us that are tuning into this, the more apparent and magnified this information is for us. So if you're yeah. thinking that, if I'm thinking that, if my my light being group friends are thinking, or they're getting the same information, and it's not just getting it, but you're looking at it, you're engaging with it, you want to learn about it, you want to embody that information, you and I will have a much richer experience within that bandwidth, right? Yeah, and
1: they're always influencing you and you're influencing them, even when you're not directly in the same room. <laughs> their thoughts, they're massively influencing. And you could think, all you've got to do is think about your, the person, one of the people. When you think about anybody, what are you actually doing? You're assessing at that moment their energetic frequency. What are they? What's the feeling I got when I was beside that person? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And in a split second, you're thinking that you might not be doing it consciously, but that's actually what the, it's, your body's doing. It's modulating to that and going, okay, I know that. Yeah, that's that thing. So let me, let me just think about them. And because that thing that you've just analyzed is is their frequency, then you've actually just like the most advanced AI system that it could exist, you've just encapsulated their entire frequency. And that has, because I think called the law of mirrors, has brought that to their conscious attention immediately without you not being near them. They know that you've thought about them without you actively trying to do that. And that one moment, that's how complex we are. When you think of that whole individual, you you've just analyzed their totality of their frequency as best as you can see, and because if you br- those that frequency could be could be exchanged for numerical values, you could put in that as numbers. That individual could be considered numbers, and those numbers, if you were to type them into a computer, would bring you to that person's consciousness instantly. And that's why you're able to bridge links between all consciousness is works that way. Is that? that's what it's just incredible because that's what connects every consciousness to everything. Even though there's no separation anyway, cause you are the same thing, but from, from playing the game level at where we're at, you can really, I mean, that's it. Like in a nutshell, that's why everyone's connected to everything.
2: <laughs> and it, it is about mastering this game of life, isn't it? You got to become a player. If you want to play this game, right. You got to, yeah. become, I've learned that I actually becoming the best player I can be. Cause I'm playing this game and I'm playing it. Well, I've, I've got some kind of ball is in my court <laughs> and I'm keeping it that way. I'm not allowing myself to get lost in the illusions of separation anymore.
1: Yeah. And that you've said it right there And the illusion of separation. There is no separation between anything. And if I, I would love to draw a picture of this, maybe I end up will do it because it's so clear in my head of everything exists as one. It's sort of like, it's like, I would like train tracks that keep crossing over each other. Like, like creating like an X is a nose, but at this finest detail, like a like a netting almost. But imagine that one like let, imagine a Fisherman's net or Fisherwoman's net. And now, now imagine another one over that facing the opposite way and another one. Another one. And every one of those nets is a frequency. But every frequency is so complex it's so tuned and fine that all of them together create layers of existence. Mm-hmm. And and it's not but none of them are not connected to each other. They're all exactly in the same space yet they happen to be meshed in such a complex arrangement. And you as a consciousness, is all you're doing is capturing a snapshot of that and going, well, this is the part of the net, this square of this billionth of a square is what I'm really looking at now. But you are the whole net as a source. So that, and what, that's, it literally is a good analogy of the ripple. It's like the fabric of space and time is that, it's a fabric. It would be called the ether is the fabric of space-time and the ether could be used to give people a visual as the net itself is that. And that if you push down on, the, on one side of the net and you'll see a ripple effect and it will go through the whole net to the other part because that's the hilarious thing is the separation, the idea of separation. Of course, the other part of the net is going to have a ripple at the furthest point as you can go. And it will immediately affect it though. It, as soon as you move one point, the structure is, st- is still f- stuck together. It's not like there was, there's no delay in it. And that's kind of a good example of what quantum physics is. It's, it works in the exact same way.
2: When you Um, were describing the net, you reminded me of you were talking about the heart beats here that impulses this part, the same as the heart, right?
1: Yeah. And the body is, there's no one part of your body that's more important than the other. And what, but one thing that's interesting is what we know is that the body forms from the sacrum, not from the heart. People think, well, it has to be the heart, doesn't it? Or the, has to be the brain, or has to be the, no, it's the, it's the sacrum, the lower part, the bony structure of the lower back. And um, that's what forms first and comes up the way towards the, the, towards the the cranium the back of the head. But it's interesting. Just that alone. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like,
2: <laughs> are you going to put that in your book? Like what you just told me there?
1: Yeah, that is, that's the meat of it. What I've just said to you is, is if you can take a 10th of this from what I've said and accept it for what it is, or certainly digest it in a, in a real way where you can feel what I'm saying, not just that's what the, I think there's a difference between I'll never talk about something that is usually that's so fresh because it has, I, I don't know it enough until I can even my concept, I can analytically accept it and understand it immediately maybe, but I, it, you have to feel it. That's that sense of feeling, which is that etheric energy. You, If you don't, what what the same way is when you're looking at, when you, when you want to talk to somebody or before you talk to them, you think of that individual, like we said, you, you, you summarize their frequency, you measure it in one split second. You're doing that with everything, whether any concept and and because everything comes from this etheric realm which is the non-physical which is everything has to it's not that it does or may be. sometimes no existence can exist without it and this is where we're going very wrong in science it's by not including that because what we're doing is working the symptoms of by in the physicality we're not changing anything in the etheric field and that is what the ancient people knew and that's where we're really failing like poorly that's why all experiments you see in science that are, are are not as good as they could be, and I say every experiment, because we're not considering the nature of consciousness in this way, and that's a big mistake. And you can create something in the physical, but the way it works is if you haven't changed the, the etheric side of it in a numerical fashion, you don't know, you you will always get the same problem in the physical yeah. It, and you can get into what that, that gets into AI systems and what AI is and consciousness is. And people are talking a lot about that at the moment. And that is, they're saying, do we have, is AI sentient? And are we, wor- and we should, should we be worried about that? Um, and what is sentience? Sentience to me is still a kind of refer in my eyes, it implies still robotic thinking, mathematical thinking in a logistical way. Really, what what real con? You should use the word consciousness, not sentience. Really, but consciousness is 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 ether, and ether is is water. Actually, it's the closest thing to water. And consciousness needs is in everything, as I we was saying. But if it's not being con- included in any experiment that happens, your experiment is false already. Oh, I say false. Well, your your conclusions are false. Everything is exactly as it should be based on the inputs. But your conclusions are going to be wrong, and a lot of the time that happens with our experiments. And what's what what doesn't really and this is a really interesting thing is you've there's a bit of corruption, a bit a lot of corruption in the likes of these these tests that people are doing in the double blind studies. It can be or it can be in in anything where major studies are released and they're using comparative analysis of five apparently independent people doing the test, and that concludes that that. Is the the results are consistent with truth? That's what they would say to you, but the problem is, if I'm the one, first of all, there's so many factors because all consciousness is linked. If I'm going to set an intention for it to to create any sort of an experiment, what I've done is I've already influenced it because I am the source. So I've already (laughs) come up with a structure of how to think and an idea and what that that expression of that thought should be in the form of uh, of an experiment. So if it if it's let's say an experiment might be there could be rats with, a, with, with the cheese and finding the right cheese, the cheese that you want them to find, something like that. Because I've set that up, I am the source who's literally created that experiment. And why did I put the boundaries in certain way, not another way? I put them in a certain way that I felt was right to create an experiment that I desired. That's me first as the first person starting that. Then you've got other people involved. They have to accept your agreements coming from other places of social agreements themselves. So you, you and that, the second person who's helping you with the experiment have enough in common to begin that experiment and think that they want to create an experiment. But then you can, then the experiment continues. You let you, you start conducting it and you find certain results are happening. But during it, one of those or two of those days, the the, me who created the experiment might not have been in in the room. I might have been doing something different. My attention on something else that start influenced that experiment already in a different way. And then that person who is working underneath me or beside me with it, they are doing the, apparently the same test if they want consistent results. But nothing is static and nothing changes. Everything changes that the environment is a different environment the next day anyway because of all the inputs. So that person can't begin to do an exact experiment. Now we're getting into the fine detail of why the experiments, but to even bring it out a little bit up from that detail is you hand that to other people that this is how we do our our testing in science. We hand it to some other crowd of people. And well, why is it that that person was picked? Is it financial? Is it that your consciousness is matched? And if you're a, a finance person and that you think like that, you're going to actually be the law of mirrors, pick someone that's inclined in a financial sense, more so than a scientific maybe sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then you've already influenced the experiment in a way that is, is, sets you up so your consciousness is now linking to the same people that are like you it, it's a, it houses the people that are like you that you even if you're their way of the other part of the world without knowing it it's already it's an exact science it's a physics it has to be that way so you're going to pick people that are in your bubble of some, your way of thinking to a degree your bandwidth yeah and even though, even though these are apparently independent people there's no such thing as independent because everything is connected and it's it's it, it, it implies separation yeah, And it's not the case. So those five different studies that they do with apparently different people are linked intrinsically because they have all the people in the world are the people that are most like each other that would be interested in that at that moment.
2: So it's just their experiment is unique to their it's just in a, their own time bubble, right? It's got no relevance to any of us else. Apart from Bruce Lipton and his epigenetics experiments for the last, what, since the 60s. I mean, that's a pretty far out experiment, wasn't it?
1: Yeah what he's doing is is bang on and he's he has it he's on point with it um he would he's not considering the ether in the way it is though in the same way but he's got i would say most of that package put together in the way it should be but he's doing it from a which is really important and needed practical perspective and very hands on physical physicality based approach using quantum terms for sure but i would say it's not quite expanded to the full extent but he's exactly right in what he's saying, and that's great. Like, but and here's one thing: what I see differently about everything is that when I see the world happening, I see that I value that the bandwidth that people are in are playing a vital role in the bigger picture. I see that regularly, and I see why that is. That bandwidth is unique, but it it needs to be said from that role because for every band thing that's said in that bandwidth, there's an opposite person who's fighting that at that at that bandwidth, and you need that. them to start talking to each other and in in that argument of way to come to some conclusion at that frequency yeah and so and it's like i see all these like like cells working in the body you need them they need to kind of pair off and find each other and find ways of settling those till it becomes clear and that's that completed that conclusion and everything is like fireworks going off there's so many conclusions happening all the time with people at their own bandwidth (laughs)
2: Were you good at maths in school?
1: <laughs> not really, actually. No. <laughs> I think it's just got to do with interest. <laughs> Anything you're interested enough in, you'll make an effort with.
2: People like you had to be born because you're questioning things that are essential. And I know everyone's related to the same bandwidth that they're in, but we're not all on the same level. Not none, There's no higher or lower. They're just not all on the same yeah. point. And so yeah. people who are tuning into a frequency that have more information, like yourself, are the ones that are going to get these new concepts. And, and implement them and the more mm. of, the more of us that expand expand into the expansion of allness and keep pushing ourselves to go further and further and further and engaging with the material which brings it to life the more insights we'll get and that's when this this um third density begins to tune itself to the fourth density and so on right mm.
1: yeah and 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 it's not like in a way, it's not like you. You. It's like you've to study in school and you get to the completion. It's not really like that because sometimes spirituality can jump ten steps ahead, and all it needs is one understanding and realization how something works and a trigger, and that's what's great about like a chat like this. Is they might not. They might get a snapshot of a word or two that triggers them that that rem- reminds them of something that they already knew in a in a sequence that they never knew it was in, and that changes their world. It's like. It doesn't mean they were less of all before the conversation. It, they've just been able to unite again or find them that pattern again. Or, you know, it's, yeah, it's just incredible. It's just amazing, all this stuff. Like it's it
2: is amazing. I'm like, you're quite intense. And I think that's why I like you because I'm quite intense too. But it's nice that you're more intense than me. I feel less intense than in my speech. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's so funny. Because it,
2: so yeah, it is intense. You know what I mean sometimes for people.
1: It is, yeah. But I think that I've always been that way. But what I've been is not, I never considered the word intense as something that linking it to me, but I see that I now come across as that. But I, I would have thought of myself as curious, interested. and But more importantly, like, yeah, open, but more like, well, did you really, what are, we, what, what are we doing here? Like, what's going on? As in, I love having the, you can have the banter in it, but I think I've been, I've tried to be, a, I have been authentic with every decision i've made good and bad right and wrong and authenticity is everything when you're lying to yourself you are you you have another set of issues before you even begin to perceive what's going on (laughs) around you but that's a huge thing but that everything stems from not not being honest with yourself first (laughs) like whether you're good and bad it's like oh yeah i'm i'm a devil for i have a love a drink on the friday night or I it becomes too many that's an honesty and it's okay. Like, and what spirituality is, I learned is that it's not. It's way more robust than I thought it was. I thought it was. What I mean by that is, if you are a good little boy, you'll do these steps, and then if you step out of line of those, you've lost it, and you're no, you're not a good person anymore. That's not what it is. Spirituality is bouncing, bending, realizing all of it is good. All of it is just interesting and mixed and 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 experience, and it's great. And you won't live a life if you. You first of all just live. Don't, don't don't be afraid to be step outside the boundaries. And if, but that doesn't mean you go inherently looking for negative things. Of course not. But or trying to hurt people ever. But I kind of learned at the start. My experience of it was before is have to be so strict with everything. And down the line, that's exactly what it is. But mm-hmm. now I realize I can I can face those things and go. Yeah, they're kind of fun. They're silly, stupid, and move on and not let it consume me and move on. But know it. It's like for me, I just love them. It's like I said to you, people need to suffer enough before they learn the lesson. And I I like to experience the, some of the lessons to make myself learn that before I move on. And certain things I need to still do, like I procrastination is a part of that. If you're procrastinating on doing something, that can be your suffering. And it's the lesson of why why am I a procrastinator? Why did I procrastinate so much? Not because I had to do it because I some level, I didn't learn the lessons that it was trying to give me yet and that goes for every lesson really
2: well wait a sec let's talk about when is this book coming out are you procrastinating on the book or or are you are you in charge
1: well as i said i'm coming to i've just opened up a whole a chapter for on this this the heart coherence and and the longitudinal um uh, the frequency and and just trying to I'm, i'm binding that to the last of the picture but i've expressed it today actually i think well enough and it's good to know that I now know myself. I know it pretty well enough to, to just write most of it and then correct stuff. So um, I'm writing. I've been, since I saw you, I've been way more active in my writing. Like I've done, I have my phone, I'm writing on my phone because I realized inspiration usually just doesn't fall on you. And if it does, you go with it. It's like, you know, if I set myself up in my room and have my desk ready and everything, and I, I say, you have to do that it sort of takes that creative feeling out of it and you're never going to get the right moments and sometimes you have to do it. I know that when it comes to exercise in health, it doesn't the, the inspiration really doesn't fall on you. Sometimes you just don't want to do it, but you got to pencil it in and do it. And basically I'm saying is I need to be more strict, but I found a way to use the inspiration when it's there, at least that. And because that often sets, the, sets my talking so I can write it more out and more and more. But it's like a block of if you don't begin the writing, nothing will happen. So you just have to go with something, (laughs) you know,
2: have have your notes open. Just something I want to share with the DNA before we close this out. And you might there might be something else you want to say. But I was shown my timeline a few years ago. I was shown my timeline uh, in a vision. But I was there, I was in my body on a beach, but I was actually on my timeline and I was being shown it, and I was shown how to heal my timeline because it's all in this now moment. So I could see that. So now I understand what that means and I feel it. Then recently, during a quantum healing session, I was in this realm. And in this realm, I was I asked the question was about my DNA. I want my DNA to go back to its original source code. That's the term I would use. You had another term which I quite liked. What yeah. Was- what was your term for the DNA? Original yeah, with the source
1: signal. Signal. It's a pretty close, pretty yeah.
2: And so I was in this realm, and this this being who was kind of fuzzy was said to me, "Are you ready?" So I said, "No, I'm not ready because I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not just taking on something without knowing." In future, I've learned to ask, "What is do I have to be ready for?" And he laughed at me, and he just said, "Are you ready?" And I was like, "Okay, I'm ready." And he put this scroll inside of me, and I knew instantly. I wrote that. I was the original source that wrote that scroll. So when I do forget in this third density that I am the light and I am all that, my original source code DNA was activated in that moment. And it's an unfolding. It's not all going to be given to me today. As you said, you don't walk in the door and you know everything. There's doors, yeah. doors and mirrors within mirrors. And I actually totally understand what you're talking about with the DNA because I experienced that and I was shown that in a spiritual experience and how I was the original writer. Isn't it so beautiful? It's such a love story. It always goes back to love how I created this capsule of pure divine light. So when I was in a time such as this, I could reactivate that. So I go, ah, Mm. you know, setting up beautiful scenarios for myself along the way of my journey as a light being, I guess.
1: Yeah and it is that and you are it's always it's, it is complete your dna as it is it's just not being act it's not as active you've latent dna that's just not being activated as much but but um yeah and all activation of the dna is 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 reframing how we think of ourselves and our environment and as soon as we keep putting limiting beliefs based on that those what neurons fire together wire together is a true statement but it means if you have certain belief systems that are hardwired in yes. exactly in then and as a as a foundational block then if you don't know how to unwire those if you feel they may not be the right block to go in as a hard you need to be malleable that way but but ultimately your knowledge is 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 in the scroll and think that you would have gotten the information it's there you have it there as it is and what we do is we tend to it's like a game settings we turn the game up to difficulty level hard or easy and depending on what we really want is it's like the computer game and that like avatar or something is that we can put in a, these limitations and the apparent limitations and really to amp them up because of the excitement that will give the soul to say, look, I just played, I played the, the, the poor man who, who found his feet at, and then became a millionaire or something like that. Like that's a great game. Imagine what a victory story that is someone from nothing, but actually like that you often, and I would say mostly turn up the dial of that yourself. And that's the difference between automatic pilot and manual mode. You can put in, you can also put in an automatic plan for yourself. And if you're happy, just go through stages. You can do that. But manual mode can be more exciting because then you're you're altering the game live. You're saying, no, actually, even though we had these certain agreements, I actually don't have to do that because I'm everything the source. I don't really need to. I can just head this way and let's create a new set situation. Exactly. But everyone's individual, and the reason they come here is very different. And when you're talking about the DNA, is some people want to be able to access that DNA as in this lifetime. Some people don't. That's all good. It's not more or less valid. It just is that way because that's their decision. And that's perfect. Do you know? It's
2: is. It is perfect. Can I ask you, if someone's interested in learning more about you or reaching out to you, where would they find you? That's a good
1: question. <laughs> in this density for the moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, just for I, I know I'm... Yeah, it's a good question. I, I've been using my Instagram account more in terms of actually. I have a lot of knowledge put up on that stuff bits, but it was my own personal page. But I've kind of adapted it as time has gone on and put up a lot of information on this. Maybe I'll just give that. I don't know yeah,
2: for the we'll moment. And we'll put a link as well. What is it?
1: It's Dan underscore Ryan four at, at that
2: four at what?
1: Yeah, at, it's Instagram. At it's so that's the Instagram handle. So Dan underscore Ryan four at Instagram or whatever.
2: Put the link here as well. So people can reach out to you because I'd like to get you back and know more about your book as well before it comes out. You know, when you formulate it a little bit more and you're like, right, I'm going to talk about chapters. Will you come back and talk to me.
1: Absolutely. I'd love to. It. it was great. Yeah, it was great chatting to you.
2: And I just wanted to confirm something for you because confirmation is very important when you're on this walk, isn't it? It's confirmation. Yeah. The universe will constantly give you confirmation, but from being to being, when you were talking, I had an elevated sense in my cells so I could feel what you were talking about I was listening but I it changed the atmosphere in the room so I felt it so I yeah, know that's what, yeah I know what you're talking about that's important
1: Wow no that's great that's honestly great feedback because it's I felt like I was doing I'm in line with who I am by saying it I felt more powerful or more like it's felt not over not more or less but i just felt the right level and happy that i was in that space so it's good to mm-hmm. to share
2: so yeah you've, and that ve- you... you've elevated my consciousness anyway thank you okay so we, open out. we see you again
1: yeah great to talk to you and we'll chat soon